know the Lord, He is our foundation. And as a family, we've been through a storm. But because of the foundation of Jesus, we stand here today. Amen? Hebrews chapter 11 says this, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of the things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. And in the midst of a storm, there's a lot of things we don't see. But we can have faith in the one who sees us. Amen? And today, we have another step forward in our faith journey. We believed it. We've held on to it. And today, it does become real to our senses. So this morning, would you please help me give a Turning Point Church family welcome to our pastor, Pastor Jeff Wickwire. like a 11 o'clock service. Are the Cowboys playing at noon? All right, have a seat, Julia. It's so good to be back. It seems like it's been a short time, but also a very long time. Uh, I couldn't really imagine myself standing behind a pulpit today and, and preaching like normal. It kind of felt out of place. And you know, before I go on, I want to just give some thanks, first of all, to the incredible, gifted, and faithful men that filled in for me when I was gone. Uh, Pastor Clint Claypool of Gateway, great man, wonderful man. And um, then, of course, uh, Darius Johnston from Christ Church. What a wonderful pastor. And they really stepped in, and they were friends in a real time of need. And I know they loved you. I chose them because they're true pastors. And I know they fed you well, and uh, I so appreciate them. And I want to also thank my incredible in-house team, uh, the tech team, the, um, the worship team. Uh, the office, incredibly run by Valerie C., and uh, the whole office team. And it just ran like a well-oiled machine in, in my absence. And it let me know, hey, we've done something right because it didn't miss a beat, right? And uh, so I want to thank them so much for just making it uh, happen and continuing with... with uh, what Jesus is doing in the church, and he just kept on ministering. Um, now, from
from time to time, you are going to see me walk in with a very attractive, much younger woman. And I don't want rumors to start. So I want to tell you that will be my lovely daughter, Julia. She's going to be... She is... uh, She's really been with me this whole time, and, and we've, and of course, and my son, Jeremy, who couldn't be here, he's, he's out of town, but um, Julia, we, we experienced the heartbreak of our life, and, and I'm going to be very honest with you today and straightforward. I'm not going to try to be Mr. Faith Man, and I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to be real, because what happened was real, and... Um, you know, I asked Julia, is there anything you want to say? And she said, if you ask me a question, I'll answer it. <laughs> so, um, well, Joe, I'm not like him, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you'd be surprised. She is a lot like me. She, she is a writer. She's a, she's coming right along, but we did. We, we experienced the heartbreak of our life We did, and totally unexpected. And how, you know, you look for handles at a time like that. And how, what handles did God give you? A lot of the people sitting here. um, Faithfulness from friends, prayers. I know prayers above all else got me through because I really thought I was going to probably go down a dark path when she passed because she's my best friend. And my faith has been stronger than ever since that day. Amen. 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 And you have, um, you have picked up a habit, a good habit, of um, going through the Bible in a year. Because you've been hanging around me for long. You're going to go through the Bible in a year. Seriously. So um, what has that meant for you? Well, I've never read the whole Bible. <gasps> I know. <laughs> a pastor's kid? You've never read the whole Bible? <laughs> going straight to hell. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> what did you say? I... Thank you, Julia, very much. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, um, he did recommend, uh, I told him, um, a large reason I haven't read the whole Bible is because I don't understand it. The language is just, I can read a page 10 times and not know what it says. So he recommended the new living translation, new living translation NLT. and I have been totally faithful. If I miss a day, I make up for it and I've been taking notes and it makes a lot of sense to me now. So it has, um, I've noticed the days I don't get to read it, I struggle emotionally a lot more than I do on the days I do read it, so. And you make notes, and you have how many questions for me that I've got to answer still? I made a section in my notepad for questions to ask dad. That's what it's titled. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, right now I think I'm at 26 or 27. I'll see you all in about a month. <laughs> They're good questions. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they are, and I'm looking forward to answering every one of them. Um, if there's anything you could say to the church that has been so wonderful to us, I mean, hundreds of cards and letters and messages, financial help to Kathy's um, medical expenses, um, there um, they are. I just want to say thank you to everybody for everything. Um, you know, I had FMLA at work, uh, but it was unpaid. So when I came, Dad basically had another 
human being to take care of. And it just, um, we were blessed largely by all of you and even people we don't know. And I just want to say thank you and to the ladies that have been by my side and offered help and helped and all of that. I just, it means more than you guys will ever know. And I can't say thank you enough. Now, can she talk good or what? She can talk good. Thank you, Julia. Take this down with you. I mean, she may be up here preaching one day. You never know. About a year ago, um, just a little over a year ago, Kathy and I were in Naples, Florida for a board of directors retreat um, for an organization that I, I was on the board of. I'm not anymore, but Church on the Rock International. Beautiful area if you've ever seen Naples. And I noticed that Kathy was acting differently. And I, you know, first chalked up to stress and I chalked it up to, um, you know, just being busy and, you know, aging, which all of you are doing as well. Um, and um, so I, I just left it at that. There were things that she had forgotten to bring that were not like her. And um, I was just noticing some personality differences. So finally, right before the end of the trip, I looked at her and I said, are you messing with me? Are you just kind of, you know, having fun with me? And she said, no, I don't know what you mean. And I said, okay, all right. We flew back. When we landed, she had a terrible headache. So I told her, take an extra strength, Excedrin, go to sleep, just sleep it off. And um, the next day it was not gone. And so we just thought it was sinuses. You know, you think of different things. But then she began to insist that it was Wednesday when it was Monday. And so I thought, uh uh-oh. And I thought, I began to wonder many stroke. So I said, Kathy, we're going to the doctor. She said, I don't need to go to the doctor. I'm just tired. And I said, no, we're going to the doctor. Jeff Wickwer, I don't need to go to the doctor. So I went into another room and I called the doctor. (laughs) And I got the appointment for the very next day. When we got there, he spent 10 minutes with her and sent her immediately to get an emergency CAT scan. Um, Now I'm thinking mini stroke for sure. And I'm expecting the doctor to come in and say to me, uh, well, Mr. Wickwire, um, she's had a mini stroke. You need to this and this and this. He came in and he said to me, um, I need some time alone with you. And when he said that, my heart went down into my stomach. And we went into another room and he said, we have found a large mass um, on her brain, on the right frontal lobe. And if you've ever been in a situation like that, I hope you never are. Uh, The ground went out from under me and my knees felt weak. And I said to him, what does that mean? He said, well, it can only mean two things. Either it's a cyst or it's a malignancy. And so he said, we must do surgery this week. And I said, are you telling me brain surgery this week? He said, we have to find out what it is. 
So this was on a Tuesday, Friday, she was in brain surgery. Um, everything becomes a blur when you hear something like that. And what you're dealing with becomes the star of the show. And so the surgery was around four or five in the afternoon. I had the kids there. I had called Julia and I said, you better get down here fast. And she had come from Galveston. And when the doctor came walking out of the room, I could tell by the way he carried himself that it was not good. He took us into a family room and it was just me and Julia and Jeremy and, um, the doctor and a nurse. And he said, I wish I had better news, but this was a high grade malignancy and, um, I could not get it all. Well, right then I can't remember much after that. I remember falling down on a couch and as did the kids and just saying, Oh my God, oh my God, over and over. I trust God. You know I believe in God and you know that I believe in healing and you know that I pray for the sick and will always pray for the sick, but not all the sick are healed. I wish I knew why. I don't know why. I could get a hundred people in a room here who are lost and I could have every one of them say, Jesus, forgive me for my sin. And he would forgive every one of them, and every one of them would be immediately saved. But I could get 100 sick people, and we could pray for all of them, and maybe a few would be healed. I don't know why. Because the same faith that saves you brings healing. I don't know why. After that, everything became a blur of doctors that I'd never heard of, uh, with names attached to their name that I'd never heard of, neuro-oncologists, oncologists, radiologists, all these different. And my first question to myself was, how in the world am I going to tell Kathy? She was in a hospital room, of course, post-surgical, and I couldn't do it that night. I couldn't bring myself to do it. And so I went home, and I prayed. I said, God, I don't know what to say to her. How am I going to tell her this? You must be with me. And you must be with us. So the next day I went up there. She was in a room. She was awake. And I sat down and I said, sweetie, listen, what they found was not good. And here's what they found. And she smiled. And she said, well, it's time to fight. (laughs) And I can look back and see that there was an amazing grace on Kathy, the whole 11 months that she lasted. I mean, you saw her. She didn't come dragging in looking like she just lost her best friend. She loved on all of you. She worshiped God with her hands raised. You would never have known if you hadn't known. We went into radiation. We had x-rays. I saw the x-ray of what was remaining. And they said, this will be our marker. Uh, every time she gets an MRI, we'll have to be every two months. We will measure what we see then based on what is here in this first MRI. The first two MRIs, it was essentially the same. And I was thinking, all right, you know, we're, we're winning. 
the third MRI, it had almost doubled. And, uh, you know, again, I, uh, I didn't know what to do with that. I walk as much as lies within me with the Holy Spirit and in the Holy Spirit. And I listen to the Holy Spirit. And all I knew to do was forge ahead. Uh, we didn't dump everything on you guys because we didn't want, uh, first of all, we didn't want any negativity. Not that you were negative. You were overwhelmingly faithful and positive. But um, we just didn't want, she didn't want church to be all about her. And she told me that. I want it to be about Jesus, not about me. So don't constantly talk about me. And so when, when you and I all said hello to her by camera, I was cheating. Okay? And she didn't know we were going to do it. But anyway. Now, I did bring a few notes uh, to make sure I say everything that I, I, I want to say. But around... Oh, 10 months in, it seemed like everything was fine. And all of a sudden, she began to decline and um, couldn't walk alone. Uh, we had to get into a thing of when she was in a chair, we had to count to three. And then she would, I would pull and she would hoist herself up. And she changed it to three, two, one because she didn't want to do one, two, three. Thank you, Kathy. You, do you see the similarities there? My Lord, I just had a deja vu. Thank you, dear. All right. Um, then, you know, I could go into more detail, but it, would, it was difficult. It was beyond difficult. When she began to spiral down... It happened very fast, and never did she one time say, why me? She never had a pity party. She never one time had an anxiety attack. She never one time complained. Not one time, God is my witness. Not once. The last Sunday that I was here, I had leaned down to kiss her goodbye. She was in a chair. And I said, sweetie, we're sure missing you. And, and she said, her voice was almost gone. She said, I'll be there soon. And I believe that's the one that got me. And I never came back. Because I knew that that was it. So, and those words haunted me all through my message that day. Thank you. I preached, but I wasn't really here. And I just messed that up. I preached, but I wasn't really here. And I said, I'm not going back. Till she's gone. So, people have said to me, um, well, 
One person I love a lot who meant well said, well, this must have really affected your faith. And I said quickly, no, it hasn't affected my faith at all. And they said, well, how not? And they said, how not? And I said, it only confirms the Bible. Because listen to what the Bible says. Go to now, you who say today and tomorrow we're going to go into such and such a city and buy and sell and get gain, when you don't know what tomorrow brings. If the Lord wills, we shall live. Can I say that again? If the Lord wills, we shall live. And what is your life? It's a vapor that appears for a short time and vanishes away. So the Bible warns us repeatedly, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. You have no guarantee of a tomorrow. We wonder, we always ask, why do the wicked live to 90 and the righteous, Kathy, was 58? And I've buried children. I've buried every age bracket in my years in ministry. And the question is always there, why them? Why not this one? You know what? Why will kill you? And Jesus' response in the Bible always was, it's not when you die, it's are you ready when you die? That's what he always stressed. It's not the duration of your life. It's the donation of your life that matters most. And Kathy left an incredible legacy. So I said to this person, oh, no, 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 it doesn't affect my faith. God has walked with me through this whole thing. And then I said to them, I said, not only that, if you could have been with Kathy these 11 months and seen her good cheer, her her peace, uh, you know, I would be off in the prayer room at our house praying and I hear her laughing. I said, what are you laughing at? She's on watching this comedy. She'd watch this, these comedies and, and laugh. And, and never, never, never did she carry this because she was being carried. And I want you to know that. Um, why did God not heal her? I don't know. I, I don't know. If it matters to me when I get to heaven, I'll ask him. I think it won't matter. But when I, if it does, I'll ask him. But he didn't. He didn't. Thousands of people were praying, and, and he just didn't. But no, it did not affect my faith. Now, let me talk to you about grief. I have never had a grief like this. I've had a lot of grief in life. I've had a lot of valleys, had a lot of setbacks. I've made some dumb, stupid, idiotic mistakes that brought grief on myself. I've had circumstances like all of you that brought grief, but I've never had a grief like this one. And let me tell you, those of you that are married, you love that person more than you know. He said, well, I know I love them, but when God said the two shall become one, he meant it in a way you will never know until one of you is gone. I promise you, because I feel like there's an amputation. And I keep 
I could tell you things. You know I cycle. Kathy always said, call me at the halfway point. I can't tell you twice I've started to call. Just forgot. Just have it. Once, by mistake, I hit her number and I heard her voice. Um, You wake up in the morning and there's no one here. Uh, Her little dog that thought she was Jesus (laughs) would sing the hallelujah chorus every time she walked in. Um, Has... The only way I could get him to sleep with me, because he always slept in the bed with us, he's a little chihuahua. And you know those little chihuahuas. At first, they drive you nuts, and then you fall in love with them. But um, was to get something of hers that had her smell on it and put it on the bed, and he laid on it, curled up on it. And that's the only way I could get him to acclimate to me. Now I'm Jesus. Explain it. When I walk in, da, 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 da. <laughs> grief is like a partly cloudy day. This kind of grief. I will tell you, the last morning, I walked out of my room and she was in a hospital bed um, in the living room where her head faced me, this my direction. And of course, hospice was there, but there was no nurse there. It was just Julia was in the room. And when I walked out, I could tell that the end was near. I could tell that it was minutes. So I went and I spoke the 23rd Psalm into her ear and I held her. And I told her I loved her over and over again. And she went to sleep in my arms, which is exactly what she would have wanted. Um... At first, there's, you feel like you're in a black hole and you can't see any way out. I could not imagine life without her. Um, and all you can do is fall and wail. And I'm telling you, I cried until I didn't have a tear left. I dry cried. So did my children. Um... And the days are laborious. She's everywhere. It's, I'm in the house. She's everywhere. Everywhere I go. Everything I do. We've been there. Every restaurant. Any public place. We've been there. So you deal with constant triggers. And you deal with... Um, this grief that is bigger than you. After, I can tell you, it's been five weeks and a couple of days. After, um, I'm going to say a week or two, it becomes like a partly cloudy day. The sun breaks through a little bit. And right when you're thinking, oh, okay, all right, I'm starting to get a little bit better. A cloud of sorrow passes over and hides the sun again. And you have to wait it out. What begins to happen is the sun stays a little bit longer and the clouds are a little bit smaller. But it's a partly cloudy day. And um, that's what it's been with me. And that's what it's been with us. Now let me talk to you real 
bluntly because some of you have experienced what I'm talking about. Others of you will, you will. Somebody close to you that you are knitted to to the bone is going to go home or you're going to go home. What do you do? Grief, you're dealing with grief. Grief has a voice. And here's what the voice of grief says. This is the big one. There's nothing after this. You might as well just pull up the tent and and fold it and and crawl into a hole and and call it a day because your life is done. You're never going to... I wondered uh, about pastoring. I wondered, is is this a signal that my time of pastoring is up? Because I've never pastored without Kathy, not ever. I preached for a number of years before I knew her, but I never pastored without Kathy. And so I wondered, is this it for me? Is this some kind of a, uh, a signal that there is a transition for me. And because I couldn't imagine pastoring, I got to be honest with you, alone. I couldn't imagine doing it. I couldn't imagine walking out alone. So I had Julia with me today. I, I couldn't imagine just grabbing the plow again without her. She's always been there. 33 years, always been there. Three churches, she's always been there. And so what do I do? So grief had a voice. And, and the voice of grief is very convincing. Everybody would understand if you just faded into the sunset. Everybody would understand if you said goodbye. Uh, just, just call it a day. That's the voice of grief. But then God has a voice. Listen, God has a voice. God has a big voice. God has a voice. And... I was in prayer all the time. I was buried in the Word of God. I would never have survived this without the Word of God. I don't know how people do it without God. You must have to drink it away or shoot it away or snort it away or do something to numb the pain. How people do it without God, I will never know. Because I needed the comforter like I've never needed the comforter. He spoke to me. And I'm going to read two verses to you that he gave me for me. And it's for us because it's for me. And we're tied. Okay? He said, Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God, Jeff. I will, and here's the words, I will strengthen you. Everybody say strengthen. I will strengthen help you. Everybody say help. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Can we say them together? Strengthen, help, uphold. He said, no, you can't carry yourself, but I'm big enough to carry you and all of them with you. And then here was this one, this last one. So important. It's to me. And if it's to me, it's to you. Let go of the former things. If you're going to lay hold, you've got to let go. There are some things you'll never lay hold of if you don't let go of. He said, let go of the former things. And do not incessantly dwell on things of the past. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall Spring forth. Kathy will always be right here. And I don't want to sound weird. I don't want to sound cultic. I don't don't think I've gone off the deep end. 
If I ever walk in and tell you that she's been talking back to me, you need to make a phone call. But I'm going to tell you something. Her influence, her legacy, her presence is always going to be with this church. And I, and I made a promise to her the last couple of days. I said, sweetie, listen to me. I know you hear me. I am never, ever, ever going to let your legacy die. Never. And I won't. But there comes a time when you've got to move forward. You can either build a house in yesterday or you can get back on the highway to tomorrow. Our God is a God of the future. He never calls us to fixate on things we can do nothing about. I've had to accept that Kathy is with him. I'm almost there. Almost. I've journaled where I've got half a book. I mean, I have journaled like I've never journaled before. And there's one repeat phrase in that journal. I can't believe she's really gone. That's the repeat phrase. I can't believe she's really gone. Now, I know, I know, some of you are thinking, but Pastor Jeff, she's in heaven. I know, but she ain't here. And I know I'm going to see her again someday, but it won't be like it was. And you hurt that that is gone forever. I don't sorrow as those who have no hope. I can't imagine not having the hope of eternal life in a situation like this. But brother, I sorrow. I'm going to tell you, I do. David said of his child who died, he said, can I bring him back again? No. I will go to him one day. I'm quoting David. I will go to him one day, but he cannot return to me. So David got up and he combed his hair. He shaved. He got dressed and he went and ate. And everybody said, what are you doing? You were grieving all this time. The baby was sick. Now the baby dies and you're acting like it's a brand new day. And that's when he said, can I bring him back again? I can't. I'll go to him one day. I know that. But I cannot return him to me. So David went on with life. Hard as it is. And I'm going to tell you, I'm limping, but I'm walking. I'm limping, but I'm walking. Now I want to tell you, I want to, I want to meddle with your stuff just for a minute. <laughs> tell the person, tell the people in your orbit every day that you love them. Amen. Tell them every day. Tell them every day. Tell them every single day. We're so inclined <clears throat> to take the people around us for granted. Have you ever noticed before you're married... Man, you keep that weight down. You keep yourself looking good. You got that new car. You got your best behavior. And then they say, I do. And one year after their wedding, you roll over and you say, who in the world is that? They done let themselves go. 
because they got you and now it doesn't matter anymore. And what you begin to do is you begin to take each other for granted as time goes by. Listen, you never know when the one you love, I can't believe it took 11 months, but that 11 months seems like a blur to me. It seems so fast. Tell the people you love every day that you love them several times a day. Put some sugar on top of it. Because you can't say it enough because here's the deal. Death is so final. I will never talk to her again. I'll never touch her again. I'll never hold her again. I'll never go out to eat with her again. I'll never wake up with her there again. It's so final. And you don't want to wish you'd said, I love you. I love you. He said, well, me and my spouse, we're at odds. Get out of odds. Listen, I told you, you love them more than you know. You say, ah, you know, I I made a mistake. I should never have done this. Man, we're just not getting along. Listen, you are tied in ways you don't know. Tell them you love them. Tell them you love them all the time. Kathy, Julia told, talked about it at the funeral, but Kathy's favorite phrase was, I love you more. She talked to the kids every day on the phone. And I, I knew when it was ending because I would hear it. I love you. I love you more. Well, I love you more, more. You want to fight about it? On her gravestone, the very bottom thing that it says is, I love you more. Because that was Kathy. I love you more. The book of 2 Timothy could be called the book of the setting sun. Because Paul knows his life is about done. As a matter of fact, he says, the time of my departure is at hand. He's talking to his son in the faith, his most special person. The one he's knitted to. Titus, his son, Timothy, my son, Timothy, he would call him. He wrote second Timothy. It's his last letter. It's his swan song. He's talking about all the things that matter most. Chapter one, fulfill your calling, son, Timothy. Chapter two, be strong and stay pure, son, Timothy. Chapter three, perilous times are coming in the last days, Timothy. Chapter four, the time's coming where they're not going to listen to sound doctrine, Timothy, but about halfway through chapter four, you start sensing an urgency and he says, Timothy, now he's in jail, he's in prison and Timothy is is quite a ways away. He says, Timothy, please come see me as soon as you can. That's verse nine, verse 21, do your best to come before winter. Because in the wintertime, Timothy, you may not make it. If you put off coming to me, you may not arrive. If you put off till tomorrow what you could do today, you may not get to me because the traveling in wintertime is so difficult and it may stop you. And Timothy, my time is about up. 
So come, Timothy, before winter. I hear something in the apostles' words there that we all need to listen to. Wintertime comes. Wintertime came for me a year ago. Because after that diagnosis, everything was all about the disease and fighting it and trying to win. And listen, I wrote this and I'm going to tweet it. It's that good. Listen, all relationships swing on the fragile hinge of time and opportunity. And the wise person will make the most of both of them. Every relationship in your life swings on the hinge of time left and opportunity to love. And if you're wise, you'll make the most of both. I told Kathy I loved her so many times during those 11 months. And so the kids, one day, one night, the kids had called her again. She hung up and she said, I get it. Y'all love me. I want to close with this. By God's grace, we're moving forward. We're moving forward. I said, Lord, what do you tell me about TPC? Me, me and TPC. And he said, I'm going to uphold you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to strengthen you. And he said, My hand on TPC is bigger than any person, including you. My hand on TPC. TPC is reaching around the nation right now. It's reaching around the nation. We're reaching thousands. And I can't tell you how many, how many condolences I got from around the country from radio listeners. So we're going to go forward. And let me tell you, Kathy would want nothing less. She was my biggest fan. No one believed in me like Kathy did. She was my shock absorber. She was my counselor. She loved me like no one on earth. She was my friend. She has now joined that great cloud of witnesses looking over the portal of glory at you and me. You know what she's saying? Run. Run the race. 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 Finish. And if we didn't, If you can be sad in heaven, she'd be sad. She's telling us to go on. I know that. And so we're going to go on. And boy, I'll tell you, this is not real spiritual, but we're going to kick devil rear. Amen. Amen.
That's all. Well, you're all standing. Amen. Well, you've, you've helped me through the first service. I got one more to go. I love you. And, and can I tell you, Kathy loved you more than you can know. She always thought about you more than herself. I don't mean to leave you with a tear in your eye, but this is the truth. I found a card that she had started to write that she was writing to one of you that were experiencing an anniversary, an anniversary. And the writing got shaky and she couldn't finish it. And I found it next to her stuff. Even when she couldn't write anymore, she was thinking about you. That was Kathy. It's Kathy. That's the spirit on this church. And so, now don't get me wrong, I'm not getting cultic, but Kathy, we're going to run. We're going to run. We're going to run. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this wonderful congregation that stood with us through this very difficult hour. We thank you for the legacy of this godly woman. And Lord, we pray that you will grace us now, though we limp, to run harder than we ran before we limped. And Lord, to win thousands to Jesus, thousands to Jesus, and that through this pain and this valley, our ability to comfort and to empathize and to reach out and to bring healing will be stronger than ever. Can you lift your hands to the Lord, church? See, Lord, as Kathy lived her life, say it with me, as Kathy lived her life and fought the good fight and finished her course and kept the faith, grace me to do the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship. Let's just sing one worship song before we go. Lead us, Jacob. Lift your hands and just sing to the Lord. God is so good. And God is so good. He's so good to He's here right now. He's here right now. He's here right now. He's here right now. He's so good to Now I want you to sing as we close. I love you so. Just sing it to him. Thank you, Lord.